The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Did you know that 37% of engagements happen around this time of year? It is peak ring season. And if you're looking to take a big step in your relationship, make sure you reach out to Hal Pollock, the owner of Ruback Fine Jewelry. I have friends that are getting close to taking that leap, and I'm telling you, uh, they need to go see Hal. You need to go see Hal. Set up an appointment. You get Hal's full attention. He'll invite you in, sit you down, and explain everything you might want to know about the jewelry buying process. Hal will tell you how their jewelry is made and will show you how much more you'll be able to get with him for the same price at a big box jewelry store. 60% of men consult their significant other about the ring. If you're early in the process, bring your significant other over to Hal and get some feedback before you make the biggest purchase of your life. The beautiful, beautiful thing about Hal is there won't be any pressure to go beyond a price you're comfortable with. If you want to learn more about Ruback and what to expect when you shop with them, go on their Instagram and you'll find tons of people who have had a phenomenal experience working with a company that's been serving Kansas City since 1908. Search for Ruback Fine Jewelry KC to get more firsthand experiences with a great local company. Set up your appointment by going to ruback.co slash appointments. That's right. There's no M. Or you can go to the link on their bio on their Instagram page. All right, let's start the show. One seed, your Kansas City Chiefs secure the only buy in the AFC, winning in unconvincing fashion over the Atlanta Falcons. 17-14 is the final score. Against the now 4-11 Atlanta Falcons. A lot to unpack. Kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Possibly the last game we see Patrick Mahomes in the regular season. Uh, Maddie Lane. Find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Just quick initial thoughts about this game. Sorry, I was just going to take this podcast off like the Chiefs apparently have done the last month of football. So that's about where I'm at in terms of watching this game. I The effort level was pretty poor, but I mean, the Chiefs did what they had to do. They found a way to win this game. They are going to get the bye week, which is all that really matters for them. Let's move on. I mean, we got to go um, two months or two weeks now, half of a month without watching the first team play most likely, but you get a bye week in the playoffs, the guy should be rested. And after some of the injuries we saw going into this game, coming out of this game, that's good news. Yeah, I feel 
pretty much the same way. The defense was very shorthanded, particularly at the linebacker position. Found a way to step up during some periods in this game. Did just enough for Patrick Mahomes to finally get right by the end of the game and punch the ball in for a score. Ended up being the the deciding thing to Demarcus Robinson. Chiefs the one seed. That's what matters. These guys need rest. They got to get healthy because, frankly, this performance is not good enough if it comes up against a little bit better team. Oh, absolutely not. Team lacked energy. Um, obviously, they were playing with. You know, we'll get to the defense here in a minute. They they were playing without. You know, any real depth at the linebacker position. Amari Cobb, I think, got in a little bit here. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was a bizarre game. Uh, but we got to start with Patrick Levon Mahomes. Uh, less than stellar performance for for the, uh, the the reigning Super Bowl MVP. Stat line doesn't look too bad. 24-44, 278 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. But I think the stat line looks a lot worse. Uh, or I think the, the performance looks a lot worse than the stat line, Maddie. Yeah, this was definitely one of the worst I've ever seen Patrick Mahomes play in the NFL. If you, especially if you take out the games in which he was playing kind of with a bum leg, only on one leg essentially. He just was missing easier throws most of the game. Him and his receivers to start the game didn't look like they were on the same page. A lot of balls thrown outside guys' frames, the opposite the way they were breaking. I even thought as the game went on, the Chiefs found some success there in the first half going to the quick game, sprinting out, getting the ball out of Mahomes' hands quickly to the guys underneath as the Falcons all dropped deep to play really deep coverage. But once the game went on, he decided to keep, for some reason, going back to dropping deep, trying to read the field deep, and then working late to stuff underneath. Yeah, we we saw him basically throw two interceptions that weren't caught um on scoring drives like they're at the end of the game Faye J Terrell comes up with that play I'm not sure the Chiefs get the ball back because the Falcons have been able to go to heavy personnel and run on the Chiefs defense so that was a big big deal he was late to a bunch of throws especially to McCole Hardman Tyreek Hill he just it was very disconnected all game long he wasn't able to get things going particularly well and you know Due to some Falcons drops there, the Chiefs were able to punch the ball in, but it it certainly was a lackluster performance from the usually high standards that we have come to appreciate against a bad passing defense on top of that. Yeah, it was just a really kind of just sloppy performance. I mean, even some like one of the near interceptions working down to Daryl Williams, real sloppy with his feet. Uh, I, I mean, just kind of just don't understand exactly what you know, he's trying to do there. And obviously, you know, this guy is able to throw from a variety of platforms and he gets away with it 99% of the time. And you absolutely 100% live with that. But sometimes situations like that, it wasn't even necessarily as much that he didn't have a platform. It's that he chose not to use a platform or a real stable platform to try to throw that football. Just really just kind of just it's sloppy. It was just a sloppy performance from Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he should have had three interceptions. AJ Terrell bailed this team out, bailed the Falcons. The Falcons falconed all over themselves in the red in the in the in the red zone for the Chiefs, and you know helped the Chiefs secure a win and helped the Falcons secure another draft pick that really won't do anything to help them move any forward because that's just the nature of the Falcons right now. Uh, but 
yeah, it was it was such a bizarre game, and, and part of it I think is just he just didn't trust his offensive line, Maddie, and and th- this is something I think that comes up a lot of times. It was Mahomes was not great, but the pressure on him was not great either. This offensive line continues to be a problem. And it was one thing last week when you very clearly had a hurt Eric Fisher, when you had these other issues. Like, it was one thing when the offensive line was dealing with obvious injuries, dealing with your third, fourth string guys playing. This week, well, I'm not saying the offensive line was perfectly healthy by any stretch of the imagination, but these guys had all been on the field together much of the season, and they looked horrible. The Falcons have exactly one pass rusher that matters, Grady Jarrett. And the Chiefs somehow find a way to let him get isolated with Allegretti, with Wiley, with Ryder while he was in the game over and over and over. And none of them could even give Patrick Mahomes a couple seconds most of the time. It was a very poor performance. I will say the run blocking went pretty well. But again, it's not a great defensive line. It's not a great second level run defensive unit. You would expect about this level of rush success from most NFL teams against them. So that was nice to see the Chiefs be able to pull that off. But in pass protection, there was just some plays where the Chiefs had no chance to get anything done versus a four-man pass rush that has one quality pass rusher on it. Yeah, we we talked about this in the preview. Uh, We discussed how the Chiefs needed to flex a little bit on a pass rush that, frankly, was not particularly good. We knew that they were going to blitz a lot, which they did early especially. They just didn't handle it. Guys didn't get open from homes. He ended up throwing off his back foot a lot. He ended up getting flushed from the pocket a lot. You saw a lot of immediate pressure. And then when the Falcons kind of developed and went to more of a four-man rush later in the game, it was still very successful. Like, it was kind of a situation where they couldn't really do much of anything right up front for the offensive line. You certainly don't want that going into the playoffs. That might be, we'll see how how things are handled, but that might be the last look at Patrick Mahomes behind that offensive line to the playoffs. That is a little bit scary. Just a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. Just just the entirety of the offense. Just just a bad taste in your mouth. Just a, just a bizarre just a bizarre game, and you know it got worse because it looks like there's a chance that you know. Sammy Watkins was ruled out extremely quickly, taken to the locker room uh, against, uh, you know, he's, he's taken out, the, taken out uh, to the locker room very quickly. You don't know what's going to happen there, but that's concerning, Maddie. On the, you know, right before the playoffs, Sammy Watkins potentially back hurt again. Sammy Watkins hasn't looked particularly healthy since he's come back he i think we all kind of remember him attempting to jump for that pass last week across the middle Mm. of the field it didn't look good Watkins still has a role a possession guy over the middle of the field he runs the right routes he uses his body well he's a good route runner but he just hasn't returned to the same physical level he was before missing time this year it's pretty evident and then now to see him head off again right before the playoffs when that's the whole reason you keep sammy Watkins around is for playoff sammy not a great sign. The Chiefs definitely need another guy to work the middle of the field with Travis Kelsey, or you'll see teams starting to double up Kelsey, keep the help over the top of Tyree Kill, and now you're back to where you were a couple years ago when the Chiefs decided they needed to pay another wide receiver $17 million to come in. Yeah, that's that's a little bit scary because the Chiefs clearly need that 
X receiver underneath you see when they don't have that guy or they're not playing that guy you know on any given rep they don't beat man coverage particularly well against the Falcons a team that blitzed a lot guys just weren't open Sammy was open a little bit early they were feeding him a little bit early and then all of a sudden he just kind of fell off and then all of a sudden he comes out of the field hurt with a calf injury and is doubtful to return immediately that does not sound good even with three weeks off here that doesn't sound to me necessarily like a player that's going to come back and be full force and like Maddie said he's not moving like the guy that he was not even at the beginning of the year like I mean at the beginning of the year he was moving a lot better he just doesn't look as dynamic he doesn't look as sudden I know he wants to be here I know he knows the offense and he is an important piece even with maybe some limited mobility but Still, it's really, really, really not good going into the playoffs. Here's the injury update from Andy Reid. Ben Neiman has a right hamstring strain, and Sammy Watkins has a calf strain per Coach Reid. Uh, fascinating to see uh, what the nature of that strain is moving forward. Um, you know, I mean, we'll see. I mean, we'll find out. There's, there's, like we said, there's this week 17, the bye week, and then he's got, he's got three weeks roughly to get ready for this football game uh, in the playoffs when it all matters. And I don't really know the vote. Of, I don't have a ton of vote of confidence in in, in a Demarcus Robinson and a McCole Hartman to really replace him at a, at a high level. I think you saw for both of those guys, it was. I mean, Demarcus Robinson did have that catch, touchdown catch. That's great, but he's a guy that you don't want to have a significant increase in role. McCole had a drop today that was pretty rough. Um, kind of, again, look just like mostly a gadget player. So we'll see what happens. Uh, that, man, that's stressful. <laughs> that's just, you, you want this team to be full strength to go, to start the game. And Sammy Watkins has been such a big part of this team's playoff chances and, and their ability to move the chains and, and make big explosive plays the last two offs or postseasons. And now you're looking at st straight in the face. The last time you might see this offense, it's without Sammy Watkins. Mm. I mean, ugh, that's okay. Downside over. We're done with the downside. There is one positive thing that came from this game. Travis LaVon Kelsey now holds the record again that he held for like 14 minutes a couple years ago for the most receiving yards by a tight end in NFL his history. Does it in 15 games. Matt, eat. Matt, just go ahead. We'll let you go do your thing. Gush about your boy. I'll sit back and just let you just kind of celebrate here. I think that we have to talk about the fact that it looked like Travis Kelsey kind of limped off the field with a non-contact injury right before he rolled back onto the field to have the long catch and run, then to beat the cornerback ISO'd on the slant route. So things were looking a little grim for those of us wanting to get Travis Kelsey going. Then he came back in. He was a very integral part of that final drive where they were finally able to muster some offense, get down the field. That was kind of the story for the Chiefs all game long. I think that's been a story for the Chiefs in a lot of different situations now where the offense isn't humming along. What do they do? They start going to Travis Kelsey over and over again, and he finds a way to make it work. And that's how you end up with the tight end receiving record in only 15 games. I have no doubt in my mind if the Chiefs had to play next week, he would lead the league in receiving yards. I think it would be almost a give me. I unfortunately don't think we're going to get that. So unless everybody else gets shut out going forward, I don't even know if there's a chance. 
But if everybody else gets shut out, he's not going to get that. But he's got the tight end record again. Maybe for now, doing it in 15 games, we can end these Kittle versus Kelsey debates at least for a year or something like that. Travis Kelsey did nothing to disprove the narrative that he should be the offensive player of the year. When the offense was targeting him, when they were going to him, the ball moved. The drives extended. He was the the engine this week. I mean, Darrell Williams maybe could have a claim to that as well, but Travis Kelsey was the reason that they were able to move the ball in big, big chunks this week, as every week. Like It, it just seems like we know what's coming. We know he's going to go to Kelsey. Mahomes is going to go to Kelsey. And we know that it's going to be a big play. He took Kendall Sheffield's lunch money on that man coverage rep. Just absolutely dominated him off the line of scrimmage. That's what you're going to see if Sammy Watkins can't go. More of Travis Kelsey on the line of scrimmage running some of these quote-unquote ex-receiver routes. This is the type of player that he is. That said, when he came off the field limping, it just made me go shut him down. Like shut him down now. I don't I that man is the most important piece of this offense, not named Patrick LeVon Mahomes. Please give him rest. I the last thing in the world this team needs is for him to get hurt. We'll talk about week seventeen until I close the show. Yeah. But first we're gonna take a break, then we'll talk about the defense. And we'll then we'll talk about that. But we'll take a break. Be right back. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Seventeen fourteen, your Kansas City Chiefs. That is not a halftime score. That is the final score of the game. The Chiefs secure... The bye week, 14-1 record. Maybe get to see Bo Pete Keys and DeAndre Baker next week. But we got to talk about the defense real quick. And we got to start with this. The linebacker core was depleted. They did not have Anthony Hitchens. They did not have Damian Wilson. They called up Omari Cobb from the practice squad this week. Disjointed. And Ben Neiman gets hurt. Craig? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... Let's start with this. Before we even get into this game, there's a lot of people that get on the whole why should Anthony Hitchens be out there just because he's a smart player, all of that, and understanding you know, what he actually brings. You got to see it. Ben Neiman is a major step down from a quote-unquote smart player because Ben Neiman is one as well. 
that gets on the field, understands assignments, understands responsibilities, and gets all 11 players on the same page. When Ben Neiman went out, Darius Harris was thrust into the Mike linebacker role, and he played in the dime as well. He got the green dot. He had to call the plays. What you saw was a bunch of guys that were very disorganized. Like, they loosely knew what was going to happen, but not a single player identified a a late motion, identified a leak, passed off players in coverage. It was very disorganized, and it's because they didn't have that guy that was doing everything beforehand. So when we hear this whole need to replace Hitchens because he's a negative when he's on the field, he improves the play of all 11 players, and this week you saw a major step back. Now, that being said, they got deep into their linebacker rotation. Like I said, Harris was playing Mike linebacker. Willie Gay was out there as the will, and he got a lot of buck reps. He looked very uh, out of sorts, especially early. Like Ben Neiman was not lining him up in the same way that Anthony Hitchens was, and you saw a lot of plays where he was very late to react to things, wasn't reading his keys. He made some plays, but they were mostly unblocked athletic plays in the second half he got a little bit better Ben Neiman actually got this defense to play pretty well to start the game he came out all of a sudden it just kind of fell apart the Falcons were able to go into 21 personnel at the end of the second half and then abandoned it in the third quarter went back to it in the fourth quarter and were just able to run at this Chiefs defense that didn't know what they were supposed to do so the linebacker core you know we talk about all the time what they can really bring here you got to see what happens when they go down those guys those smart play caller guys things were just incredibly disorganized I don't even want to short Anthony Hitchens, the player here. Like, yes, what we're talking about here with calling the plays, getting all the alerts and adjustments in are very true. I think it. if you didn't see it this game, I don't know how to make it more obvious. It was very clear that the Chiefs missed him. That said, Anthony Hitchens, the run defender, significantly better than Ben oh, Neiman, yeah. the run defender, Darius Harris, the run defender, or Willie Gay, the run defender. Like, it's night and day how much better he is at all of those guys about getting into the right gap, reading the running back, understanding the keys that he has to read, and make and actively making the plays. I'm not talking coverage, just versus the run. He is their most skilled player right now at the linebacker position. You saw that in this game. Willie Gay, he had a rough first half. He was a liability. He could not make the right read on anything his only positive play seemed to be when he was blitzing or trying to shoot a gap out of design which is fine he's a young player he has to have these reps at some point in time but you want to ask why he's not on the field you can't put a player that's going to be an active liability not only for his own assignment but for other people's because he's not really providing assistance for anybody else right now he's just kind of running around chasing plays it's a good skill set to have you hope that he can continue to develop it and become a plus player for himself, then helping other people out. But right now, he's just not there. So I get wanting to get him reps in games that are blowouts, like earlier in the year when he got a couple reps at the end of the first Denver game. Perfectly makes sense. But right now, when you're trying to win games, it's going to be really hard to put him out there and have the defense make more plays than he's going to give up. Because you, like Craig said, you send a late person out to the flat, He's not going to identify it until the ball's almost in that receiver's hands. And then he still has to make the play. He's athletic enough to recover sometimes, but he still has to make the play. And last thing I just want to touch on, 
I think Darius Harris did a pretty good job stepping in, having to make some calls. I think in the base defense, he might have even made a few more just adjustments to the defensive line that I think Ben Neiman was getting off. Neiman was very good at getting guys onto the right play, so they were organized. I think Harris was able to make some live adjustments to shifts and motions that he saw pretty well for a guy that hadn't been playing much this year, but it still was a big downgrade from what the Chiefs are used to. Yeah, and that that touches on something I want to hit real quick before the linebackers kind of go off here. I, we can start with Maddie, but would you put Darius Harris in a spot to replace Ben Neiman as your dime linebacker? Like, did you see a massive downgrade in play on the field? Now, obviously, they trusted him to have the green dot, so it's not that big of a deal, but... Did you see enough of a downgrade with Ben Neiman being off the field in the dime, like when both were healthy, to where you felt like you needed to have Ben Neiman over Darius Harris? Yes. I, I, while I do think that Harris, I would rather have Harris be my backup Mike for the nickel or in base defense than Ben Neiman. But as far as the dime goes, I think Harris, like I said, was good at making adjustments on the fly. He was good at communicating with guys when he saw stuff happening. I don't think his zone awareness is particularly good. I don't think he's a good enough athlete to make up for that lack of IQ edge that Ben Neiman has on him right now. I actually think in coverage, he looked pretty lost on his own, even if he was able to get some other guys adjusted. So put him as the backup by Mike and base or the nickel. I feel good. Dime linebacker, unfortunately, I mean, I'd prefer it to be Anthony Hitchens over anybody else, but Ben Neiman's my next choice down. Now, that, I just wanted to hit on that because I know we were going to get that question. Like a bunch of people are going to have Darius Harris questions this week. I agree fully with Maddie on that part, but I, admirable, admirable job stepping into that role, though. Yeah, the Chiefs were kind of in disarray with the linebacker group, having to play guys that really haven't played a ton. The pass rush, though, boys, the pass rush looked nice, Maddie. Chris Jones was having the day on the interior of that offensive line. There were multiple plays that Okafor or Frank Clark were able to get pressure on the outside, force a quarterback to step up into that pocket because Chris Jones, Derek Nottie were doing a good job of shrinking it down. People were tweeting a lot, where's Frank Clark? Why is it Frank Clark? Guys, I think Frank Clark actually had a pretty good game even before the sack there at the end. He was getting a fair amount of pressure off the edge. Just when Chris Jones is winning inside as a quarterback steps up into the pocket there's no time to turn the corner at eight or nine yards Matt Ryan's getting the ball out quick to running backs in the flat the tight ends crossing the field like I think Frank Clark played a pretty decent game not a great game but a pretty good game overall and then he had the big sack late in the game like he played well Alex Okafor played well Chris Jones was phenomenal he got a lot of one-on-one matchups for some reason and he was absolutely working over the Falcons interior offensive line I just think everybody on the defensive line played well. And when the blitz came, it worked pretty well. Matt Ryan's a good enough quarterback. He is going to make you pay at times. And we did see that, though. Yeah, Chris Jones got the same treatment that Grady Jarrett got. I don't know why you would single block a a three-tech that is of that quality. You you see what happens. And he made him pay. That was great. You know, that's the Chris Jones that you want to see. When he gets those opportunities, he's converting them. He was a problem for Matt Ryan all day long. And when they did switch and double him, you got to see the edge rush actually get home a little bit. Okafor was good. Clark was good. This is the second really good Clark game in a row. I think that that's really, really positive. Trending into January here. 
you want to see this offensive or this defensive line look the way that they did going into this week because the Falcons were out several starters. They should have dominated them, but we've seen that several times this year that they didn't. So it was good to see them, you know, basically put their foot down. There was a lot of stuff there. When the Falcons decided in the third quarter that they were going to throw the ball, they were going to come out and make those throw adjustments. Boy, that backfired in a hurry. You got to see the Chiefs tee off and they got pressure. They forced Matt Ryan to be uncomfortable until the Falcons went back to running the ball again. That's why that third quarter was so good for the defense. It's because of that defensive line and, you know, the secondary and a guy that we're about to talk about. Right, Kent? Legereus Sneed. All he does is make plays. And he was all over the field today. Andy Reid actually singled him out uh, in the postgame presser, talking about his performance. Another sack for for Legereus Sneed, an extremely well-timed blitz. Uh, some plays, some really good plays tackling in space. I mean, this man is a legit football player, and I don't know. He might go round one in a redraft, Craig, honestly. Like, this man is just an outstanding football player. The Chiefs are lucky to have him. We keep talking yeah. about him every week, Craig. Well, we can't argue it because he's – we're not talking about him as, boy, he's playing really well for a rookie. The man is just playing well, period. Like, he doesn't seem very lost. This was arguably his toughest test of the day, and we haven't seen the All-22 yet to see how well he did against Calvin Ridley, but he closed on things ridiculously well. That blitz that he timed, making himself small behind the offensive and defensive linemen to blitz and come through there. You just see him making splash plays, and then on the flip side, you're not seeing him give up big plays either. That's the big key ingredient here is that we see guys like Willie Gay make splash plays and then they're out of position on some other stuff. Legereus Sneed has a ridiculously high floor. He doesn't make very many mistakes. He's really grown into his role particularly well. And then you're seeing him make plays time and time again. This kid is really, really good. Like, I can't argue the fact that that somebody would spend a round one pick on him based on how he's played because he's just consistently good, consistently making an impact. He is a key part of why this defense has done the things that they've done over the past three weeks. You start to feel a little bit good about what the defense is doing. Third on the team in tackles this week. Comes in with a sack, a tackle for a loss. Like, he's not making these tackles deep downfield. He's playing all over the line of scrimmage. I can only imagine how fantastic his, like, stats would look, advanced stats, if the Chiefs would quit having him play against inside receivers working underneath rub routes that break outside on third and short while he has to work over the top of everything. But, I mean, outside that, he's been phenomenal. And no slot DB is going to perform well from that situation. So, I would say he gave up two or three catches in this game, and at least two of them were that exact thing, where he had to work over two guys working vertical. He's not getting beat. I don't think Calvin Ridley played in the slot that much. I think they mostly kept him outside versus Ward and Breland. Now, you could say that's because they thought it was a better matchup or because he's a good enough player to win out there. Both would be true. It's just Snead has become the point where I do think teams are respecting him kind of as the best coverage player, the guy you want to least try over and over again. And because he just makes plays. He along with Willie Gay, they combine to force the fumble that helps the Chiefs deep in their own, you know, own territory. 
there he's having a phenomenal season if he didn't get hurt he would 100% be in the defensive rookie of the year conversation heck he might deserve to be in there even with being injured if you really start to watch the Chiefs because this defense without him playing this way would look a whole lot worse no arguments here at all Maddie. that man I, he, he I, we talk about him every week there's For so much reason. ball production and it's and he's diverse. He's covering well. He's making plays on the football zone and man. He's blitzing. Oh, and by the way, he's a great tackler. Like this is a good football player. This is just a legitimately good football player that the Chiefs got in the fourth round. You heard Steve Spagnolo say if they had the first pick in the fourth round that they would have taken him in the in the uh, in the pre-draft process on their call. He's like, if we had the four, the first pick in the fourth round, we would have taken you. They, they love him, and they rightfully should. He's played fantastic, and it's a bummer that he was in, he, he did have that stretch where he was hurt because that literally is the only thing that has slowed him down. A lot to be excited about with a Legereus Sneed. A lot to be excited about with this football team still, frankly. They are yeah, the one seed. Before we move off of that, I just want to know next year when the Chiefs have a different offensive coordinator, are you going to have an impression ready for them? Because you got Spags and you got the enemy at the ready. You're, you're going to have to maybe prep for Kafka if he doesn't get poached. I mean, if they have to go down the line, you're really going to have to de- dig real deep in the bag there. I love my guy, Mike Kafka, but he's pretty basic. I want, <laughs> no, no, no. I want a Sam Madison. That's what I want. Man, that one's... There's not a there's not a good characterization like you know like with 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 Spags he's got the heavy accent with E B it's just it's a lot of cliches and you know he draws out some of his vowels are starters does a good job <laughs> all right we gotta talk about week seventeen real quick because the team the Chiefs largely especially offensively played terrible and. That might be the last thing we see from this offense before the the divisional round, which is wild. Is that like what what does this team do, Craig? Or Matt no Maddie, I want Maddie to start us off because I Maddie's got a lot of takes here on this game. Yeah, and I think we I think we have to save some of this for the mailbag. So like I'm gonna try to keep it pretty straightforward. Probably I, a good call because everybody's going to be asking this yeah, question too. I w- I've said beforehand that you absolutely take the rest. Like coming out, you need the rest. I'm not worried about the extra time off. You take the rest. These guys need it, so on and so forth. That was when the Chiefs were at least having a stretch of every single game where they were dominant, where they flashed that they were the best team in the NFL. The Chiefs didn't do that this game. They haven't done that for now six quarters of football to where they have looked like the best team in the NFL. I think it is kind of difficult to say you're going to go this long, this whole week, skipping a week and a bye week, three weeks of football without looking particularly good and then thinking they are just going to show up to a must-win game, clicking on all cylinders. That's a hard pill to swallow being on the outside. If you're in the room, you have a good sense of how it's going. I just don't know how sitting on the outside, you make the call that these guys are going to be up, motivated, and ready to play after not looking good on the NFL field for three whole weeks. That said, Sammy Watkins was injured. Travis Kelsey looked like he got hurt. This offensive line is a bunch of of trash cans at this point in time. We may as well let everybody rest just so Patrick Mahomes does not get killed by a very good pass rush. Yeah, yeah, that Chargers pass rush is legit. 
So please do not subject Patrick Mahomes to that. Guys, you know what looks worse than what this offense is doing right now and at times what this defense is doing right now. If it's missing a bunch of players due to injury, key players, they got nothing to play for. Like, I know everybody wants Mahomes to get the MVP. I know everybody wants Kelsey to get the, you know, the receiving title and all of that. Like, I get all of that. One of those guys gets down, gets hurt. Guess what? All of a sudden, your Super Bowl chances are diminished significantly. This team, regardless of how it's played, needs to rest. Eric Fisher has been toughing through this back injury. Props to him. Give him three weeks off because, frankly, he needs it. Maybe you can get some guys back. Maybe you can get some guys healthy. Get them to the point where they're feeling good again. Andy Reid off a bye is always good. I know you're worried about three weeks of rust, but frankly, it's you got Patrick LeVon Mahomes. If you're struggling that bad with rust where you can't click together, this is this is what the offense looks like when they're playing. Why not give him a break? Why not get him healthy? Why not get those guys on the same page a little bit better? And let's go in to the most significant game of the year, the healthiest that they can be. I'd play it safe with anyone that has injuries or recent injuries. And unfortunately for the Chiefs, that's basically every key player not named Patrick Mahomes. Your starting tackle almost missed some time with a back injury. Travis Kelsey limping off. Sammy Watkins. Tyree Kill. That's a lot. Le'Veon Bell got hurt this week. I mean, look, all the key players for this football team, Mike Remmers missed, missed a game. We're almost, yeah, he missed, he missed last week, right? Yeah, he missed last yeah. week. Like, look at all these guys. They, 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 this team, all these key players at key positions are, are, have been hurt recently. I play it safe with all of them. And if I'm playing it safe with all of them, that means I'm playing it safe with Patrick Mahomes. Honestly, I think injuries might force this team's hand because every single Tyree kill hamstring injury he's playing through. Don't I mean, play him. don't play them. Don't play any of them. Just, I know it's going to be a lot of like, it might be a little rusty, but the Ravens are going to get that work regardless. So, you know, I, I think, I think you got to play it safe. There's just too many key players that they got to take it. They got to, they got to monitor. All right. Final thoughts real quick, Maddie, what you got? Yeah, you just you had to spend this time that's coming up here. I mean, Chiefs are one seed. You get the bye week. This is all really good. Rest these guys. But if you're Andy Reid and this coaching staff, yes, you got to pay attention to this game that's coming up because you can't give up on everybody else. But you got to find a way to motivate the rest of this team to care when it's time. And I know it's easy to say that it'll be the playoffs. All the players will care regardless. You would have thought that would show up in this game right here when they got a chance to clinch the bye week, so on and so forth. If you're the coaching staff, you got to find what this team needs to be motivated so when this three weeks up, when 20 days is up before they play another football game, they are 100% ready to go. You have almost a month to figure this out. You got to get them ready, or the Chiefs will be leaving the playoffs early without repeating as Super Bowl champions if they show up with this level of effort again. I just want to say directly to Andy here, take every play in your playbook that has Patrick Mahomes running a route as the primary option and burn it. I don't care that they ran, you know, the the parade play again and they showed a different look out of it. Yeah, that's all fine and dandy and cool. I can promise you that well before Sammy Watkins threw that ball, I was screaming no. 
because that's the worst thing in the world. You're taking the ball out of the hands of the best quarterback in the NFL to put him on a route to try and get him to catch the ball. And defenses know it's coming now. Like the Falcons were all over that. As soon as Mahomes leaked out of the backfield, they knew it was there. They had just run the ball on fourth and one with Daryl Williams and got a 13-yard gain. Daryl was actually picking up some short yardage stuff, and your offensive line was moving people. That is a back-breaking thing. If you're going to throw the ball to Mahomes there, I am always for going for fourth and short, but if you're going to throw the ball to Mahomes on fourth and short, just kick the field goal instead. I do have one quick question. Who looks more athletic catching a football, Patrick Mahomes or Le'Veon Bell? Oh my Oof. goodness, that's that's really tough competition. Like that's really close. Le'Veon Bell ain't the same athlete he used to be. I mean, and he wasn't like ever like an overwhelming athlete, but <laughs> watching <laughs> him adjust in space. Woo. Yeah, that was rough. That is going to do it for the AP Laboratory post game show. The Chiefs are your one seed. They clinch the bye barely. 17-14 beating the Atlanta Falcons. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with the mailbag later this week. Catch you later.